trigger warning. This episode discusses anxiety and depression. If this brings up anything for you or someone you know, please call Lifeline on 13 11 14. Hello and welcome back to Bumps and Besties. Hey, how are we going? So, so good. Amy, how are you? What is going on? Um, so this week, I'm okay. We had our transfer. We are nine days past and it doesn't look like this one's taken. So while it's disappointing, it's I'd rather this happen than have a miscarriage. So Absolutely. I'd rather not be pregnant at all um, and have the opportunity to start again than go through all the ups and downs and grey areas. So I still have a blood test on Monday just to confirm. Mm-hmm. Um, but at this point, it's like a less than 5% chance that anything has worked. Yeah. Which, Which, you just can feel that it's not yeah i'm not feeling any symptoms i did test at home and it's not giving me anything and i know that from previous pregnancies i would test positive a lot earlier than this so yeah so it's as it disappointing but i would much rather this be the case than be in limbo for the next 12 weeks with a absolutely potentially not okay embryo so yeah so we will confirm on monday and then we will start planning for another transfer in probably four to six weeks yeah absolutely and you've still got one embryo to transfer we've got one frozen so probably after i turn 30 next month we will look at transferring then that's exciting oh i'm so sorry this round hasn't worked that's all right we have a pretty 50 50 success rate at the moment Mm -hmm. so you know we've had two proper pregnancies and a chemical from five transfers or six transfers so you know it's within standard rates and you know we're lucky we can keep trying yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you so much for coming here, showing up, even mm-hmm. if you're not feeling 100% amazing. Not at all. We really appreciate you being here. <laughs> and how's your week been? It's been an interesting week. My little man has decided he is on the move. Oh, God. So last week we had nothing but teething troubles, which then turned into a cold for him, a cold for my husband, and a small bout of gastro for me. Super oh, fun. fun. Fun times. And now he has come out of that with a new penchant for crawling all over the house extremely quickly. Baby proofing is happening. It is. It is. As we speak, my husband is trying to ensure that our DVD cabinet does not uh have little hands in it because also his pride and joy his playstation 5 lives in there so it's amazing how quick though because like literally last week he wasn't doing this no yeah he's just on the move happened on sunday night so he's been very tentatively sort of jigging himself around but it was never quite a crawl and then on sunday night he just decided he was ready and he has been unstoppable ever since the best part i think is like when he's on his hands and knees and he pushes little button back legs into the air like he almost wants to stand but can't quite yeah. get there he hasn't quite worked it out so he's sort of moving between a solid crawl and then the occasional downward dog <laughs> And trying to find anything he can to lift himself up on so he can stand, including our actual dog. Oh. So <laughs> it's She's been, got the patience of a saint. That she really does. And so does our cat because they just, they'll sit with him and they're very aware he can now crawl to them. But they just sit and allow him to, I say, pat in inverted commas, pat them. <laughs> exactly. And the hair kind of comes out. And you're just like, gentle. <laughs> so it's, it's been a week of sickness and crawling so you know you take the good and the bad that's how babies are yeah, milestones. exactly exactly we have to celebrate the good stuff so very excited little man is on the move <laughs> good luck to you thank you <laughs> so, a really emotional story last week and thank you so much amy for taking us through your journey i'm sure there will be a lot of uh, wet eyes after those episodes yep 
even for us, it was a lot to, uh, yeah, to, to record it even was yeah. a lot to sort of sit here and to listen to everything that you had to go through and for you to recall everything that yeah. you've been through. It was a lot. So well, I think it's important, you know, I'm not the only one out there and, you know, if anyone else out there listening to us is going through it or is about to go through it, you can come back to it. Like you are not alone. I think it just helps like, it needs to validate everyone else's feelings. You know, I'm not doing it for the sympathy or the poor you or you're so strong. It's just the reality for a lot of people and yeah. it's a reality people don't expect. So, you know, I just yeah. think people need to be a little bit more open, not make it such a taboo subject. Absolutely, because the more that we share our experiences, the less people will feel alone when they're in the same yeah. boat. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Absolutely. So this week we are going to talk about something that I didn't even know existed. And when I told Amy about it, she was like, what are you talking about? So I feel like that's a good marker of something. I'm learning with everyone this week. (laughs) Something to talk about. So obviously you've heard of PPD, postpartum depression. Mm -hmm. I think everyone's quite aware of it when you are pregnant. People say, oh, your hormones are all over the place. It's quite normal to feel really emotional during that time. You can get upset about nothing. Lots of people find themselves when they're pregnant, they have anger or sadness unexpectedly. And then obviously postpartum, you have those feelings as well. So obviously you're adjusting to a lot of things going on. Sorry if you guys can hear Ted in the background. <laughs> he's the, he's in the house. He has been looked Making after by dad. Room. He's just, yeah, there's a lot going on with him. So <laughs> sorry for anyone who can hear him in the background. So yeah, PPD, you know, you've got a lot of hormones going on. Your body has been creating a lot of hormones for a completely separate being. So there's a lot of fluxes as your body finds a new normal. Mm-hmm. You're under a lot of pressure because you're trying to keep this new baby alive. You're not sleeping the way that you usually would you're probably also not eating the way you usually would it's a really stressful time ppd is really common a lot of gps after will check in with you Mm -hmm. pretty consistently or they should your um, maternal health nurses the same they ask you on most of your check-ins which can be every week to every two weeks to every four weeks depending on you and your baby's health after birth they will always check in and say like how are you feeling emotionally mentally is there anything we can do? Mm-hmm. It's a really supportive environment. And we're lucky here to have that support system. Like, I don't know if yeah. a lot of you have heard, like, there was a tragic case in the US this week where a mother was not supported as she should have, mm-hmm. and it ended in an awful scenario. But here in Australia, we are so lucky to have these support services. Yeah. So use them. Be honest. Open up. Like, yeah. your GP wants to help you. Your partner wants to help you. Your friends and family want to help you. Yeah. Like. There's nothing wrong with telling people how you feel if you don't feel like you're feeling right. Yeah, absolutely. And obviously, you know, we will always recommend to go and have a chat with your GP or a mental health professional. There are a lot of areas where you can reach out anonymously as well. There's a lot of foundations set up, so please do have a look into that if that is something that's affecting you. But something that is probably less commonly spoken about and something that I was unaware of and something that I don't feel like I was prepared for is the post weaning blues. Mm -hmm. So little bit of backstory as to how I ended up having it. It was uh, probably around the six months of Ted being born. My husband and I bought a house, hurrah, (laughs) Um, but we moved very, very quickly. So we had to move out of our rental into our new place because we had new tenants coming into the rental that we were leaving. Mm -hmm. And we were happy to do that because it, you know, 
meant we wouldn't be paying for mortgage and rental, which is very expensive. Mm -hmm. So we wanted to make sure we could comply with what they needed us to do. So it was a big, big rush. I think we moved our entire house and our six-month-old baby and my entire business in about three weeks, which was pretty crazy. It was a really crazy busy time for us. I was really lucky my parents were there and my hubby's parents were there to really support in taking Ted during the days so I could move and get everything packed and moved. And mainly we got it done within sort of a weekend, but my business pretty much didn't make the final edit of us having the removalists in and the packers and all the rest of it. Mm -hmm. So I had to move my business completely by myself over the course of about a week, um, which is fine. It just is what it is. It's just time crunch. Yeah. because I have a party hire business that's a lot of glasses and breakable things. So it's a slow process that takes a lot of time. I have a lot of product as well. I've been in business for almost three years, so I have accumulated a lot of stuff. Mm-hmm. During that week, we had Ted in with my parents or with Ash's parents, and that was fantastic. We were so, so lucky. And for the week, we'd sort of decided, okay, this week we'll uh, up his formula feed. So at that point, we'd been doing a little bit of combo feed, but mainly he was still breastfeeding. And then we just went, okay, well, let's just for a week say, let him just have the formula during the day because I really didn't have the time, energy, et cetera, to be expressing during the day while I was packing up a house and moving. And for anybody that has managed to do that, hats off to you. I could not do that. It just was too exhausting, too time consuming. It just, I couldn't do it. Yeah. And that was fine. I thought that's fine. It's a week. I was still expressing in the morning and at night and feeding in between and he was still feeding overnight so my milk was still there but then after the week happened he was becoming really difficult to breastfeed like he was just almost refusing and it was so disheartening because it was like I was trying so hard to reestablish my milk supply. We took a week off after we moved house. Mm -hmm. So I was like, I'm just going to have my boob in his mouth for a whole week and we're going to get back on track. Yep. And that just didn't happen. He just decided he'd had enough by that. He was just like, no, 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 not interested in this lady. You've been giving me a bottle solidly for a week. That's how I like my milk. Yeah. So he effectively weaned himself off me in about a week which some mothers would love but for others it's heartbreaking yeah ready for that or prepared and no definitely i was certainly not thinking that's how this was gonna play out at all and i think that the big thing i wasn't prepared for is that there's so much more to breastfeeding than just nourishing the child you know i think that a big part of it is obviously like the bond that you establish with your baby and also the endorphins that are naturally released when you do it Mm -hmm. so it feels different when you're pumping because generally if you're in that situation you are not always with your baby and having that skin to skin contact Mm -hmm. so it can feel quite different so at that point i was still expressing morning and night but not having that skin to skin and then a week after he had decided oh i'm not really into this i kept persisting but then he stopped feeding overnight so the only time that i was having skin to skin with him and he was properly like full on breastfeeding with the overnight feed. And then he just stopped needing it. So then I was in a position where the only time I was ever giving him breast milk was expressed. 
and then that just was so exhausting. Yeah. Like I can't put into words how tiring it was to just feel like a cow and not get any of that skin to skin time with him. And it wasn't even about nutrition because I'm definitely on the bandwagon of food is food. It You've doesn't matter where it comes from. Bond that you were having with but yeah, the emotional bond felt like it was gone. You know, when you're breastfeeding, especially overnight, like there's a lot of, it's like they cuddle into you. It's definitely a form of comfort as much as it is food for them. And you feel that you feel the, the, connection with you and your baby and I'm very aware that I'm in a privileged position the fact that I could even breastfeed for six months and I will be so grateful for that time for the rest of my life I I feel really lucky that I was able to do that Mm -hmm. but what I wasn't expecting is that after I kind of just went okay he's happy with formula we're happy with formula spoke to my gp she's like look he's chunky kid he's fine you're gonna take him off you've done your best job that you could do, you're off the hook, effectively. She said to me, she's like, please don't feel guilty about it. It's okay, but there's no point in continually trying to feed if he is just screaming in your face. Like, that's not going to be a benefit to anybody. And that's what it had gotten to. Like, every time I tried to breastfeed him, he was just screaming the house down. And my kid's not really that emotional he's not he's a happy kid yeah he's not much of a screamer he's not much of a crier like unless he's bonked his head because he's just learnt to crawl and he's decided to crawl into my coffee table (laughs) (laughs) or I'm trying to put him to bed and he's decided he has not had enough time with his teddies he generally isn't a big crier Mm -hmm. so to have that constant pushback from him I was just getting emotionally exhausted from it. So I said, okay, let's just move on to full formula. That's okay. Also, we're starting solids as well. The amount of time that I was feeding him was going to be less anyway. So I was like, that's fine. So in my head, I definitely reconciled it. Mm-hmm. Mentally, I dealt with it. And I was like, that's fine. It's all good. And then over the next two weeks, I was so depressed. And I couldn't work out what was going on. I thought... <laughs> I think I've got a cold. Am I sick? Am I just not connected with my baby anymore? Am I just really exhausted because we just tried to move house and I was working through the middle of it and I have a six-month-old baby that doesn't sleep overnight? And it was probably a good combination of all of those Mm -hmm. things. But what resulted was the fact that I ended up getting the post-weaning blues, which is something I was not even aware of. And... You know, my husband's like, you've been really off this week. Like, are you okay? Like mentally, are you doing okay? And he was so empathetic and he just went, I know you're under a lot of pressure Mm -hmm. because obviously we weren't expecting to move so quickly. So he didn't have any time off. And anyone that works in health understands that you don't just go, oh, I just need a a week off next week. It's That's not how it works. So I had done absolutely the lion's share of moving us which was fine that's what we'd kind of agreed on but yeah he was just like you just I don't know I feel like this is more than just stress and I was like no no no, I think it's fine and I kind of let it go and just was like oh no no no, I'm just tired you know we've been through a lot 
it's been a big move. And then, you know, we should be so elated. We've just moved into the house of our dreams and this is our forever home that we've worked so hard for. And I just wasn't enthusiastic about it. Mm. I couldn't be bothered to unpack things. I was sort of going through the motions a lot. And it wasn't just that I was tired. Like everyone gets tired. Mums are tired. Working single people are tired. Everyone's tired. You know, in a lot, life is a lot. Social media is a lot. There's a lot going on for everyone. I think mental load these days is pretty impactful on almost everybody. Mm -hmm. But it just felt so heavy and I couldn't work out what was going on. So I'm sure like many people, I decided to jump on the old Google bandwagon and I started researching and get multiple sources for like it's really common because your endorphins drop off so hard. And so quickly, because he weaned in a week. Like most people, when you're ready to wean, you wean slowly and you go from like, say, four or five breastfeeds a day and you just cut back like one per week. Yeah. Like it's it's a slow progression. There's a plan in place and, you know, it comes over a period of time, not just the kids suddenly deciding they've had enough. Exactly, exactly. And, you know, obviously your body takes time to reduce your milk supply instead of just being like all of a sudden cut off, Mm -hmm. which is what happened to me. And, you know, everyone does it differently and I know – like I said, it's it's not uh, breast milk is better or formula is better, whatever. To me, it's food is food for the baby. Yeah. It, but I wasn't expecting to have such a drop off of the happy love hormones. But that's what it is because every time you're feeding your baby, you're having that oxytocin release. And I think that because I was unaware, it just completely dropped me on my butt. Mm-hmm. I had no idea this was coming and then it just absolutely floored me. So this is not a scary story at all. It lasted about two weeks. I spoke with my husband about it. We had discussed me having a chat with a psychologist if it went on for more than two weeks. Like a lot of the research that I had seen said that it will last between two and six weeks Mm -hmm. because it just takes that amount of time for your hormones to level back out same as anything in pregnancy you're flooded with hormones that you're not usually having so it can take a little bit of time for your body to level out yep i'm really lucky mine was only two weeks so i just want to put it out there to any mamas who are looking to wean or are weaning and are not feeling fantastic you are not alone it is actually really common And unfortunately, because when a lot of people are weaning, they're sort of six months, 12 months, two years down the track. You're not having those check-ins with your maternal health nurse or your GP regularly. So when something like this pops up, whereas if you were doing it early, you don't actually have that intervention from, you know, your health team. Yeah. So... There's no one there to say, hey, look, you might feel this way in a couple of weeks. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I just didn't know it was a thing. Like when my GP said, all good, absolutely, you know, give, give it a go. It, you, you can sort of wean him. It's fine. She never mentioned to me that there was a possibility of the weaning blues. Mm-hmm. And it for some people is just like you're tired for a couple of days and then you come, you bounce back. And for other people, it can be just as bad as PPD. So for anybody that is feeling a little off and they've just gone through this transition, if you feel like you need to, please go and have a chat with somebody, have a chat with your GP, have a chat with a maternal health nurse, 
or have a chat with a psychologist or a psychiatrist, whoever you feel like you can talk to. There's also, again, a lot of online resources. There are online therapists that you don't even have to talk to. You can text them if you want to and you feel like that's a good way to get it off your chest because, let's face it, motherhood is extremely stressful. You're constantly under a lot of pressure. It can just baseline feel like a really emotional thing to do yeah so if you adding on something that is fueled by hormones that you're unaware even exists it can feel really overwhelming yeah so please have a chat with whoever you need to and if you guys need to find any resources we'll chuck some things into the show notes some links of places you can go yeah. for some advice uh and some articles that i read that helped me to work out what was going on with me if it is feeling like it's lasting more than you're comfortable with or you're feeling really, really overwhelmed, please seek some help because there are so many amazing, amazing places out there where you can get some advice or just have someone to talk to. Also, check in with your partner. That's why they're there. It's a journey of the both of you, whoever your person is. If it's your mum that's supporting you through your pregnancy, your best friend, your husband, your girlfriend, whoever it is, that's who you need to have a chat to first and foremost because they're with you. Yeah. And just remember that they are there to support you mm-hmm. and you're not alone. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So that's it. Short and sweet this week. We just wanted to kind of dive into a few shorter episodes for you. Some anecdotal stuff. Yeah. We've got another fantastic one coming up from Amy next week talking all about getting over her needle phobia. Yes. And then coming up in weeks following, we will probably talk to a naturopath pretty soon, which should Absolutely. be exciting. Absolutely. Yeah. Friend friend of the pod. We will have our good friend or Amy's bestie, other bestie, M on, which will be having a chat about all things naturopathy and pregnancy. Yeah. Which is super exciting. Well, we'll leave you there, guys. Thanks so much for being here. Have a great week. Bye.